Are you looking for inspiration and words of wisdom so you can go out and launch your own business? This is the Lost and Founded podcast, bringing you raw and relatable stories of successful entrepreneurs, committed startups and personal experiences that are here to inspire, inform and influence. My name is Nicola. My name is Sophie. And in today's episode, we'll be speaking with Rachel Hammond. She's the founder of Edge, an urban food production enterprise spin-out, formerly known as Incredible Edible Oxford, which Rachel set up in 2012. Starting with growing herbs, fruits and vegetables in East Oxford, Edge now has a full forest garden, growing produce from a variety of purposes. As well as growing useful products with a focus on local enterprise and sustainability, Edge is a resource for anyone looking to educate themselves and develop their own sustainable edible system. With toolkits to aid food production and knowledge and education, workshops to design or make your own food growing space and landscaping consultations. So without further ado, we'd love to introduce Rachel Hammond. Welcome, Rachel. How are you doing? Hi there. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Perfect. So could you tell us a little bit about Edge and what motivated you to start this business? Yeah, sure. So I grew up with grandparents that had an acre in Jersey, and I was lucky enough to spend my summers rummaging around digging up Jersey royal potatoes. Um, They had bees and chickens and grew a lot of their own fruit and veg. And so I guess that kind of just got in my blood. And it wasn't until about 30 years later that I realised how important food was and and food production was. When I found myself living in Todmorden, which is a small ex-milling town, in Yorkshire, West Yorkshire. It's in the convergence of three valleys. It's quite a challenging environment. And because it's an ex-milling town, it was had massive un- unemployment and a quite high crime. And that's where Incredible Edible started, which is all about growing food in public spaces. And I was involved in the projects when I lived there and it's been going now for about 15 years. And the impact that that's had on the town in terms of not just what people consume, but thinking about the whole system of food, thinking about how we produce food, the ethics around that, where we buy our food and the ethics around that. And what's happened is that in Todmorden, it's it's created jobs. It's created a whole new aspect to the education because they do growing in all the schools in the town. And it's created a whole industry because now people come and visit the town for the food. So it's become a real foodie place. So that's boosted the local economy, it's created jobs, and now they get visitors in to stay in hotels and, and B&Bs, they eat in the cafes and restaurants, and that. So it's just kind of started this whole economic turnaround, and I think we all, you know, we all have to eat, it brings us all together, it can cross cultural divides, and food's really powerful, you know, to, to share food or to grow food together is really powerful. And, and just the impact of that, that that had, really, and, and the sort of stories that came out of that. That's why I set up Incredible Edible Oxford to bring a, a similar thing to Oxford, although it's obviously on a very different scale. Uh, Tomberden's quite small, whereas Oxford is, is obviously huge and in area with many different areas, suburbs and, and districts. But that's the essence of, of why I wanted to start up to, to connect people back with food and to make food more publicly accessible, more in, in front of people's faces. Because I think if it's growing, you know, as it is in Todmorden on the street, you come out of the train station, there's a raised bed there. There's a raised bed in front of the police station. You know, it's you can't you can't ignore it. It's everywhere. And it just it starts this whole conversation around food and the ethics behind it. It's so lovely to hear the positive impact, like you said, so many jobs being created and just kind of building up on what you actually love, turning that into something quite big. So could you maybe talk us through why the urban food production process is so important and maybe just generally how it actually works for people who may not be sure? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so in terms of an ed edible, incredible edible movement, um, it, it's very much growing food in public spaces. So it's kind of raised beds on streets and, and street trees and that kind of thing. For me, urban food production covers that, but it also covers things like, um, you know, our green and blue network, you know, how we look after our watercourses and how we um, help prevent um, flood mitigation. Um, as well as improving habitats for biodiversity, um, because productive landscapes can do that, you know, as well as giving us a yield in terms of food, it can also be helping uh, wildlife and biodiversity, as well as soil health, um, you know, floods, etc. Um, and as I've mentioned, a lot of the, the economic benefits, um, and then you've got the social benefits, so things like, you know, bringing people together, reducing social isolation, um, you know, cross-cultural divides through food, um, creating jobs, um, so really, for me, it's about social, economic and environmental benefits, which are just so easy to achieve with uh, good design of, of food integrated into the landscape, whether that be a rooftop farm, a living wall, um, an orchard in the park, raised beds on the street. Um, there are many different applications of urban food, but all of which kind of have this, these um, unifying benefits of social, economic and environment. Amazing. So when you were coming up with, when you were starting EDGE, thinking back to the beginning, what resources did you require to enable yourself to set up your own business and how much planning was required in that stage? So we actually started as a community group um, because that's a lot of Incredible Edibles are, are kind of volunteer run. Uh, so we just started growing in Florence Park in Oxford, growing herbs minimal kind of outlay at the beginning. We got a small grant from Lush and a small grant from Waitrose um, just to kind of buy some plants and buy some tools and, and start that way. Um, through the years, there's been lots of different people that have been part of the group. Um, Oxford's quite transient. Um, lots of people have, have come and gone. Um, so we just started growing in the park. And then what happened was this conversation around Kind of, um, you know, would you come and design our space? Would you would you come and run a workshop on growing food? And and so then it kind of just started to gain momentum. That's amazing. It's so nice to hear how it kind of just spiraled out. I guess a lot of entrepreneurs, when they start something off, they never really see sort of the bigger picture. Then it just starts happening, and so many things come forward. And it's so nice and positive to hear. And obviously, Rachel, you have been on our Bloom and our Fuel Award programs. You were also a Fuel Award winner. So how did being on both of these programs actually help? you know, support you or take you through this journey, whether it was, you know, by winning fuel and having the money or just for your own personal growth? Uh, so it was really great to be on the programme, lots of uh, useful advice. Um, and uh, what we did with, with the money was that we marketed the toolkit. So the, the toolkit is kind of a set of cards um, designed to, to encourage people to design urban food into the landscape. Um, and so we used it to apply um, you know, social media adverts, um, print adverts, um, some printing of the actual cards, um, and just kind of trying to get get more publicity out there. Yeah, that, that seems such a sensible um, use of that um, support. Um, and before you uh, took part in our um, Brooks Enterprise Support programmes, you were a Brooks alumni. Um, so can you tell us more about what course you took and whether this aided building um, your business and giving you the necessary skills um, to set that up? Yeah, sure. Um, so as I've mentioned, the, we've been doing this work since 2012, so qu quite a while, um, designing and installing productive landscapes. 
Um, and we've done some work with local authorities and schools and councils and that kind of thing. And um, what became apparent was to, to get involved in the larger projects, so things like housing developments um, and larger schemes, really you have to have letters after your name or some kind of formal training. Um, and so I took the decision to then go back to education um, and retrain as, a, as an official kind of landscape designer. So I did urban design um, at Oxford Brooks the year before this one. Um, and uh, that was really great in terms of, um, you know, getting a master's, um, you know, getting obviously that degree, um, learning a lot about the sort of theory behind urban design. Um, and what became apparent was that actually design professionals aren't taught a lot about food production or integrating food into the landscape. And so that's really how the toolkit came about because I saw a gap for teaching other designers about food production, because that's obviously my background and knowledge and expertise, but actually from speaking to other people on the course, really not many people knew much about it. Fantastic. And just going back to what you said earlier, sort of about your marketing and how you kind of use some of the field money as well for your marketing. So obviously, right now everything is sort of digital but a lot of people also like to take a bit of an offline approach so how have you actually been able to build up your community or get the word out as your company has grown do you take more of a digital approach offline or do you manage to balance it for your marketing campaigns what has actually worked for you so far yeah so early days it was very much being in the park and talking to people as they walked past um that was really effective because we used to get people coming to us and saying we've heard about you we've heard what you're doing blah blah um, so the, the sort of old um, adage of word of mouth really is true, um, you know, words kind of spread then through networks through through Oxford. Um, our most successful uh, social media is uh, Facebook. We've got a really good following in there. Obviously, it's taken a few years to kind of gradually grow. Um, so we get most of our interaction through Facebook. And I guess that's where a lot of our kind of target audience are. Um, and then using kind of workshops to bring people to us and teach them a skill. And then often they'll come back and do another course or something like that. Um, but in terms of professionally, certainly LinkedIn seems to be uh, good for design professionals and, and reaching kind of other um, professional designers. Brilliant. Um, so we've asked you loads of questions about how Edge started and what Edge is, but what's next to install for Edge? Um, so certainly promoting and talking about the toolkit because um, I think it can offer a lot to community groups as well as professional designers that are trying to design a space and incorporate food. Um, so we run reg regular webinars um, and CPD training sessions on, on how to use the toolkit and, and how to apply that. Um, but going forward, we, we want to work in collaboration with more design practices. Um, so I've also just done landscape architecture uh, masters. So I'm, I'm kind of working towards becoming a chartered landscape, landscape architect. Um, and the idea is to work with both urban design and landscape architecture practices to consult on their designs and help them to learn how to integrate food into their designs. And really it's, it's very easy to do. It's, um, it sounds uh, hideously complicated, but actually designing with productive species can reduce maintenance um, so it's a, it's a bit about a bit of re-education, I think, and, and just kind of shifting that mindset with with um, designing food. Well, big congratulations on your masters, and you know, always learning and kind of keeping up with different things and knowing what you want to do. So, kind of just looking at you as a person, are you? Do you have a set schedule? You know, what does your actual daily routine look like? Kind of trying to manage everything and your own personal life. Are you kind of very structured, or you kind of just take the day as it comes? 
So it always differs, uh, which is something that I really like. It works for me. I work from home. Um, it suited COVID. Um, I like being my own boss. Um, so, you know, there's the kind of standard business stuff of emails and doing your accounts and kind of all of that kind of standard stuff that happens in any business. Um, then I'm booking in kind of design consultations or an educational workshop, which could be in a school or a college or it could be at a different venue. Um, and then there's meetings and quite a lot of development work is unpaid. Um, you know, you have to kind of split your time between uh, going out and finding more work um, as well as delivering the work that you've already got. So quite a bit of my time is spent um, building relationships and, and talking to people that may be future customers. So it's kind of those three sort of splits, really. So there are lots of different facets to your role within Edge. Um, but what would you say is your biggest achievement that you've had with the company so far? Um, so, I mean, any edible installation for us is a win um, because it's getting food growing out there and it's reaching more people. There, there was one particular project that we did in the centre of Oxford, which was in a social, social housing um, complex. And the families living there were all living in food poverty, um, you know, skip, regularly skipping meals, not having lunch. Um, and so designing that, designing and installing that garden and, and working with the residents was just really amazing and, and uh, totally heartbreaking to see that the, the conditions that some people have to uh, get through day to day. So, you know, any kind of project where we can have a, a positive impact is, you know, a big tick for us. Um, but certainly the toolkit it kind of is, is a big shift for us and it certainly places us more in the sort of professional design category and, and, and enables us to have that conversation with, with the bigger players in the landscape industry and I think that's really exciting. Yeah, no, it's so nice to hear the amazing impact you've had and you know, you've seen something and then you're just trying to make it better as much as you can and a lot of people sometimes when they actually have time to reflect, obviously being an entrepreneur is really hectic, but when they actually have some time to reflect, what's one thing that you actually wish you knew before you started this journey? Um, really that everything takes time. <laughs> um, I'm quite impatient uh, and uh, want everything to happen straight away. Um, but with the benefit of, of a few years behind me and, and some experience, certainly knowing now that everything does just take time. I mean, I, you know, it's been eight years in this business and I, I never would have thought it would have taken so long to get to this point, but it, it, but it just does. And so, you know, having, having sort of known that at the start, I think might have uh, just, just uh, enabled a bit more patience, but yes, yeah, some businesses fail. I've had failed businesses, you know, this, this is doing well, but, but I've failed in the past. So um, just taking that pressure off really. And with those other businesses in mind, is there anything you've learned from them that you've done differently with Edge that you've seen have positive impact on the business? I mean, certainly just taking that pressure off. What was lovely about this was that it just gradually grew um, and, it, and it, it was driven by the customer. You know, people were costing different services and that's kind of what made us grow. Um, so that's been really lovely. But I mean, certainly in terms of failures in the past, um, or let's call them learning experiences rather than failures um because they all lead us to where we are now but um just it was the pressure yeah i mean and that can be financial or it can be you know um time time capacity or, or your own um sort of capacity or whatever um but just yeah when they failed it's, it's been down to pressure um but certainly i would have done my degrees a lot sooner in my life um, and not driven a desk for 15 years before realizing that working outdoors is, is far better 
Amazing. And I love what you said. It's not really a failure. It's just, it's something you learn along the way. It's part of the journey. Sometimes it's what you need to get to where you are. And that's something really important that I'm sure a lot of people who maybe start out and maybe their first business fails and they think, oh no, but it's not, it's just the learning curve. So you already said you've done your master's as well recently. Again, how else do you actually manage to sort of stay on top of your new duties and learn new things? Do you just sort of follow on the lines of maybe courses or webinars or how do you actually manage to balance this as things sort of change sometimes within your role? Yeah, things are always changing. Um, certainly in the last few years, things have moved on a lot. Um, I mean, I think CPD, you know, it's always good to be continually learning. I try and do at least a course or two a year um, that helps with that in some specific area. Um, but also networking, you know, you've got to just keep talking to people, talking to your peers, other people that deliver similar services, keeping up to date with what's out there in terms of regulations. Certainly as a landscape architect, I'll need to be, you know, across all, lots of different types of legislation which get updated. Um, and collaborations, really, you know, working with other um, practices or other people or different freelancers can just kind of keep you a bit fresh and, and bring in a, a new energy. Amazing. So now we'd like to find out a little bit more about you, uh, the person behind the business. Um, so how would you describe your personality and what you do in your free time? Well, I've mentioned that I'm quite impatient. <laughs> That's always been the case. Um, I've always wanted to just kind of get on with things and, and have them happen instantaneously. Um, so I guess I'd say I'm quite tenacious. Um, yeah, I think you have to be when you're running your own business. Um, persistence you know I've been always quite clear about the goals of, of what we want to do with the organization and, and that's kind of you know helped direct what we do and our energy um I guess I'm solution based so if I see a problem I'll, I'll kind of try and find a solution to that and, and kind of look outside the box um, and I'm quite motivated you know that helps working from home um what do I do uh, I have a lovely dog uh, so I walk I like walking um I like cycling um I like reading um, and boringly, I quite like gardening, although now it's a job, it's um, slightly less exciting. <laughs> but I do, yeah, I just love being outdoors, really. And in any kind of outdoor thing, you know, whether that's a walk through the woods or sitting by the pond. Sounds nice and peaceful just to be sitting by a pond somewhere, hopefully when it's not raining in the UK, obviously. Um, so this is probably one of my favourite questions to ask. What did you want to be when you grew up? I know you said sort of, this journey came to you quite a while ago, but what did you actually want to be? We've had some people say, you know, they wanted to be Spider-Man. So maybe you fall into one of these superhero categories. Um, well, not Spider-Man, but I did always quite like She-Ra. So I don't know, maybe uh, if we're talking about, I mean, that's probably a long time before your time, but um, if we're talking about superheroes, but yeah, I mean, various things. Um, I went through a phase of wanting to be a paramedic, um, an engineer. I mean, you know, sort of lots of things, a hairdresser at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, I really should have known from, an, uh, you know, from, from the childhood that I had, you know, being lucky with my grandparents. And my mum always said I should have been a gardener and I should have listened to her. So I kind of wasted, you know, sort of 15 years um, doing other jobs, but, um, yeah, came to it, came to it late, but uh, I ended up where I should be in the end. Yeah, it's like how you described the failures. It's not a failure. It's all just a learning opportunity and you wouldn't have got to where you are now without the life you lived beforehand. So I'm a full believer in we're, we're in the right place at the right time. Um, 
and you mentioned your mum and your grandma and obviously your amazing upbringing on their on their land but um what's your support system look like both in terms of your friends and your family that you turn to for maybe more emotional support but if you need business advice or anything in that kind of realm as well yeah I'm very lucky I have an amazing partner who supports me with you know certainly through sort of going back to study and and with the business uh, which I'm very lucky for um I have a, a lovely family and I, I really enjoy my home life, which I think helps, you know, it gives me that sort of grounding and, uh, you know, a nice conversation over dinner can just kind of reset your day if you've had a bad one. Um, yeah, I've been lucky. My parents have been very supportive. They've always supported the decisions I've made and trusted me to make those for myself. Um, and then sort of a, a, just a strong network, really. I think it's really important to have people peers and friends which do work in your realm um, certainly through going going back into ed education it's, it's helped me find some of those people and kind of talking to, to to people that have had a similar experience and have similar knowledge can really help because you 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 know you need a different perspective so so certainly kind of mixing in similar circles you know I have a circle that are, are, are into gardening I have a circle that are into sort of wildlife gardening and then I have some urban design friends and some landscape architecture friends and um, some friends that are slightly on the hippie side that are into sort of you know campaigning and and uh, challenging the, the situation and the climate change sort of activism things and I think you know just you just need different input and different perspectives and, and I think it's uh, you know diversity is always key really absolutely amazing and coming up to sort of our last question what's the best advice that you could possibly give to someone who wants to start up their own business but just doesn't know how to take their first step there you know people get really nervous what would you actually advise them uh, so definitely talk to people um it's the best thing you can do talk to anyone that will listen basically someone on the bus someone on the train um you know someone that you're in class with just kind of get another perspective or someone else's take on what what your idea is because different people will always have different ideas and um, be patient something I'm not very good at um, but learn that things come with time and, and actually sometimes this is one of my grand sayings often when you stop trying it happens um, and I found that to be very true in, in my life so kind of yeah the patience starting small is always a good idea so kind of um, you know starting with something that might be a smaller idea than, than the bigger sort of vision because often taking smaller steps can get you there quicker that's such a good philosophy to have. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Rachel. It's been so interesting learning about um, Edge and all of your experiences. Uh, where can our audience find out more about you or Edge or what's in store for the future? Yeah, so um, we're on Facebook, which is Edge Landscaping UK. Um, we're also on Insta with the same handle. Um, and our website is www.edgelandscaping.uk and it is just .uk at the end. Thanks so much, Rachel. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This has been the Lost and Founded podcast. If you liked this episode, make sure to head over to Instagram and let us know how you found it at Lost and Founded Pod. With new episodes being released every Thursday, you'll be ready to continue taking steps to bring your ideas to life. Wherever you listen to your podcast, be sure to follow and be notified about more inspiring stories and experiences. That's all for now, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.